Welcome to The Brand Collective, a podcast about our favorite brands, featuring stories from the marketers and creatives behind them. I'm your host, Nick Ross. With me, Mackenzie Koss, marketer extraordinaire. Let's get into it. So today we have Miranda, senior marketing designer from Brandfolder. Welcome, welcome. Happy to be here. Yeah, she's an extraordinary designer. So much so that Mackenzie <laughs> just introduced her with just her first name. She's that kind of person. Oh, Miranda. Yeah, oh, you everybody should know knows me. Yeah, I'm a first name basis <laughs> with the world. To kind of start it off, Miranda, you came to us uh, not too long ago, a few months ago now. Yeah, started March 1st. I moved out to Colorado, let's see, a little over seven years ago now. Um, graduated from Michigan State University, got a BA in creative advertising. And then the next day I packed everything that I owned into a U-Haul and drove to Denver because I just knew I had to live here. I just like had this feeling and I was like, I love it there. I went on a road trip with my best friend in college towards the end. And I was like, this is where I belong. And I love the sunshine and I didn't have a plan or a job or a place to live, but Thankfully, it all worked out and here I am today still in Denver. Yeah, I love that. And you're enjoying it. You feel like it was a positive. You've been affirmed by the choice. Oh, yeah. One of the best choices I've ever made. One of the hardest. But, you know, I've always been told if it terrifies you and excites you, then it's something definitely worth pursuing. I love that. I feel like so much of our potential lies on the other side of those intensely scary choices. Yes. Yeah. So... The first thing I want to talk about, obviously, this podcast is called The Brand Collective. I kind of look at that as uh, brands are in us and, you know, a unique amalgam of every person that works and puts their energy into that brand. And obviously, from a visual standpoint, a senior marketing designer has a huge impact on that. Um, but you came from, obviously, you got a, you got your degree in creative advertising and then you went in. You've worked in a lot of different capacities as a designer, and you worked as a uh, agency designer, which I think, in my kind of limited understanding of all the ways that you can be a designer in this world, um, <laughs> that you're sort of tasked with a lot of different companies' uh, creative goals. Is that true? Absolutely. Um, oh, yeah, 100%. You hit it on the head. So you have to be um, really malleable and really able to pivot from style to style and from leadership approach to leadership approach or that's like a nice way of saying like people can be dicks when you're a designer <laughs> <laughs> yes amen yep um, yeah uh, I've been in agency big agencies actually my first um, job out here was at CPB um, Kristen Porter and Bogusky up in Boulder so that was like my dream job that was like the only ad agency that we ever really learned about um, as far as Colorado goes, um, all my professors in at Michigan state were like, don't move out there. You're never going to get a job at Crispin. Like they're just way too tough. There's, there's like only jobs in New York city, LA. And so you need to go either there or there. And I was like, no. And then I just kind of, you know, trusted my gut, faked it till I made it. And I am here now, but Got my job first there. And that was a huge win for me. Like I was like, proved you wrong. Like to everyone. Yeah, that's, amazing. that's like <laughs> my the parents. stuff of legend. That's, yeah. I could see that as the opening to kind of you know, like the movie about you would be like your professional being like, <laughs> you will never get a job there. 
I would hire another actress to play me if I was ever. Do you have actress? Do you have anybody that comes to mind if they were like, we're making the Miranda Miller story? Do you have someone that you'd be like, oh, that that actress would probably kill it? Amy Poehler, Margot Robbie. Ooh, that's you know, a just like the, that's, the funny, like that. pretty blonde ones. I like to think that I'm kind of like that. <laughs> funny, that's great. I like that. No, I don't know. Um, so after that, I uh, stayed there for about two and a half years. Um, after CPB, I actually went to a cannabis um, specific design agency, which was a startup. Um, so that was really exciting, uh, really small. It was a big change going from, you know, big agency life to tiny um, little startup agency. Can I ask if uh, when you were designing for a cannabis company, if you because I feel like cannabis has such a culture and an aesthetic around <laughs> it that's like so ingrained. And I grew up in Colorado, so I kind of have this awareness of, you know, like the the plant leaf and all of the sort of design elements that kind of make up this culture. Yes. Did did the company want you to stray from that and maybe make them more of a mainstream, you know, like pharmaceutical offering? Or did they want them to like really uh, lean in and be like, let's, dude, bears no, and bear. weed. No. <laughs> bears and I know, bears, it's yeah. so funny. Like I always, I feel like at least in the beginning when, you know, cannabis just first became legalized, like in Colorado, which is a long time ago, crazy to think about that. But um, it was either like, this is our dispensary. It's called 420 Dank. And like, <laughs> this is our wellness boutique. It is called Natural Healing or like something like that. And like, it's like, you could go either way, but this place was pretty cool. Um, there was an apparel company within. So that was, it was kind of like a mixture of in-house and agency because we had the apparel uh, line that I got to design a lot of clothing for and um, promote on e-commerce and social and then there was also um, the agency side, which we would like go after different cannabis brands, whether it was like marijuana infused um, products or dispensaries or like holding companies. And it was pretty much just the same as an agency life, but just, you know, cannabis specific. That, that freedom really that you get often with a smaller organization or an organization that's willing to take risks and have fun. Um, I find as a creative to be uh, a really rewarding part of the job. That sounds like a really fun place to be able to throw your creative juices towards so many different. Absolutely. Oh yeah. And yeah, there was like a ton of really fun events we would go to um, for networking and it's just really, really cool industry. And it is like a chaotic industry as well because there's so many regulations that are oh, why? Because always. It's still technically <laughs> federally illegal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There's a lot of issues with that too, with like who can finance this, who can like get loans. Like I didn't ever touch that part of the business, but yeah, I know that, it, yeah, it's not like federally recognized. So we were always running into stuff and like with legal, like what you can and can't say on packaging and, it was just crazy. It was changing day by day and it was just really fast paced, but still really like dialed in as well. So interesting mix also a startup agency. So had all the things in it, like cannabis specific, but also a startup, but also in-house, but also an agency. So <laughs> I feel like that it was kind of nuts. <laughs> nice. Are there any lessons that you feel like you've, you hold on to or, or really value having an experience with such a 
I'm not going to say volatile, but such like uh, it sounds volatile, Rick. like a, a place that has a lot of, you know, that Stigma. sort of chaotic energy. Yeah. Yeah, definitely um, was tough to tell my family <laughs> that I was working there. <laughs> They're very, very religious Christian. Right, so there's no like swag sent home for Christmas right. or anything. No weed socks. I kept all the swag. <laughs> the lessons that I learned from that place, you have to stay professional. It was just the same as like if you were to be, I don't know, maybe a good analogy would be like if you were in-house working at like Svedka vodka and you didn't drink right. and you right. still have to like try to professionally promote um, this product and in the space that it was legal, which federally vodka is legal, but <laughs> cannabis like totally different. And so it was also really hard to like make the tie um, between, you know, like a, a national apparel brand that was cannabis inspired and not making it to like, Oh, I'm going to design a t-shirt with a giant weed leaf on it and make it say dank or something like it had to still be creative. It had to still like have intention. Like, why am I doing this? Who's going to like it? Is it like, if you know, you know enough, or is it too in your face? So still a lot of awesome design design questions. I feel like all of that just makes me go, (laughs) Oh, that's why you're such a thoughtful designer. Cause even when you're designing, uh, you know, t-shirts for a weed company, you're, you're analyzing. Yeah, but like low key. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was really fun. That's awesome. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some difficult experiences you've had with clients or ways that you've had to, you know, creatively interpret maybe direction that is against how you'd like to do things or, or, or completely contrary to how you, you know, usually start your process or design things? Oh, yes. How much time do we have? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yes. Clients are, you know, the backbone of like every designer's, you know, livelihood. We need clients to make a living, but they do get a very bad rap because of many things. Um, most of the time though, it's just that they don't really understand what you do day to day and working in kind of a startup agency like that, Um, as well as a big like commercial agency with like high profile, well-known household brands. Um, Also like working freelance contracts, like you really need to be able to, you know, like see what your clients need and what your clients want and being able to just have that empathy and reading people, like trying to think in their shoes. That's something I do constantly, but trying to be like, okay, they want this and their goal is this. Like they want to create a brochure that's going to put their products in a good light and make people want to buy them. And so you just have to start from there. And I think that that really helps me, you know, understand the client frustrations because if I wasn't a designer and I had to go to a designer for a project, I would try to think about how like royally I would mess that up. So so really the most annoying thing a client can do is ghost you when they're supposed to pay, but there's always lessons to be learned from it. Um, I, many Mirandas ago, I had <laughs> a lot of mistakes. I made so many mistakes. Like I trusted everyone. I was like, wow, thank you so much for like reaching out to me. I'm so excited. You found my website. I'm so excited that 
you picked me. Like, I just felt like so thankful to them. And then I would work and work and work and then send them like a draft of it, but accidentally send them like the full res, like final artwork draft instead of putting like a watermark on it or making it low res or just sending like a screenshot. And then they would just take it and run and I never hear from them again. So that was, yeah, I don't even want to know how many thousands of dollars I lost out on, but valuable lessons. Definitely. Can't put a price on that. As a creative, uh, I think that's one of the least talked about aspects of being a creative is, is how thick a skin you have to earn. And it never comes naturally. Like in the beginning, when someone likes what you do, you're like, what you do? And you're going to give me two cans of peanut butter for it. Like, (laughs) Oh my God, this is the best job I've ever had. You know, (laughs) like, and then it it takes uh, a lot of really hard kind of introspective moments to, to, you know, be like, what am I worth? How do I get what I am worth? And how do I represent myself in a business sense uh, to make people have faith that I will deliver on on what I'm worth? And though all those moments, it's really hard because there's no textbook that's like, this is what you do. It's like, you kind of have yep. to get screwed over, over and over again. You have to get thrown into the fire to learn. Like yeah. that's exactly what happened to me at Crispin. When I was in school, we, you know, we learned about all these different things as far as like design elements in marketing and advertising, as well as like consumer behavior and the one-on-ones and stuff that you need to know um, in the background. But my focus in school was really on like design. Um, And yeah, they told us that when we get in the real world, we're going to have like some late nights here and there. There's going to be a lot expected of us. But when I actually started at the agency, like right out of school, I learned more in the first month there just working in the real world than I did in all of school. No offense to my professors. I love them, but I, yeah, like it's really just like, you just got to be thrown in there. And I've had plenty of times where my work sucked and I was just trying out and like getting started and was shy to like put myself out there. So I was like staying, you know, kind of safe with my designs, like kind of trying to mimic what other people who had been there longer than me had done. And that really just never got me anywhere. It just got me like, okay, so you can step and repeat, like you can do production design, which is pretty much what I did at CBB, but I got promoted to designer there. And I felt like after that, I really started to, you know, trust myself. And that was really tough for me because I'm always really hard on myself, really sensitive. Um, but yeah, I think I owe my thick skin to Crispin Porter. How would you describe your aesthetic at this point? Or I know that's a very college type of question, but like what sorts of things maybe just define you as a designer? I'd say like, I think after I like got my first job out here, I was like, okay, this is cool. Like, I, I feel like I have my own like chance now to branch out and actually make a legit kind of brand for myself, which is, um, Miranda makes things. That is what I call my like side hustle. Um, it's pretty much just like a lot of handcrafting stuff. Uh, I did learn a lot of, um, like trade work, like, um, leather crafting, woodworking, um, screen printing, 
just a whole array of things um, while I was at CPB because we would always do these crazy pitch materials. And um, I just wanted to carry that through because I, I really love taking breaks from sitting in front of a screen and staring, pushing pixels, you know, and while I do enjoy that more, like each, each and every day, I like fall more in love with doing that um, and get faster at it, et cetera. I still like make time every day to step away, do something with my hands. Like I, even if it's just like drawing on a piece of paper with a pen, instead of like on my iPad with my Apple pencil or like any other things like organizing my space, um, starting a new hobby. As you can see, I have tons of stuff behind me. Um, <laughs> I think that's I, one of the most. I really try to keep it fresh. And I think that me not taking myself too seriously and I just really, I enjoy a little bit of imperfection here and there. I feel like imperfections make things perfect. Um, I, I really like the hand-drawn elements and uh, I think that can really visually represent like kind of how I feel about myself. Like I've got grit. I am not too like precious about my designs. I take everything with a grain of salt. I appreciate any critiques and feedback. And it's just like, at the end of the day, it's just what I love to do. So I love that. I love that you take so much time to do the more tangible arts. Do you feel like uh, having a relationship with texture and feel and those more tangible qualities in design helps your, you know, digital art? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I definitely like, I love bringing the worlds together, you know, like taking things from this, you know, random YouTube tutorial I watched on how to sew a Halloween costume and how that. like tiny little things in there that I took away, like could be like, okay, you always got to have a seam allowance. So when you're sewing, you got to keep it in a straight line. It's got to be consistent um, from the edge. Otherwise it'll be obvious that you went off track a bit. So that's just one of hundreds of millions of examples that I could give at the top of my head. But I always like to I also really just, I love the contrast between the screen and then like looking at something in real life. It's easier on my eyes. My eyes get a break. My brain gets a break and like my creative juice gets refilled. Like doing something by hand is always, it's just a nice break for me to come back to the screen and be like, oh, okay, well that was a cool painting I just did. What if I like tried to emulate that digitally and use it for this podcast album art? Yes. I love it. Yes. Miranda, can you design our podcast album art? Yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <hired>. Nice. <laughs> um, I got it. I love that. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about what you do here and how that came to be because you are Brandfolder's uh, senior marketing designer. So you handle such a heavy load when it comes to our front facing aesthetic. Um, how has that been so far for you and how has, has your past, uh, given you confidence or given you the appreciation of this kind of work? Yeah. Um, it's a great question. I, I feel like here, first of all, what I really love is that everyone has been so welcoming and just like that straight off the bat made me feel like, okay, I'm not just like a cog in a machine. Like I'm here and I have a name and my team knows who I am. And like, this is going to be great. And I feel like also just the environment of an in-house brand versus an agency brand 
it's just so much more like inclusive and supportive and everybody genuinely wants each other to succeed. I just feel like the environment here has fostered such positivity for me. Um, and I love all the creative freedom, especially that I have, um, being involved, like from the beginning of a project, like the kickoff stage all the way through to execution is like very valuable to me. Like the strategy that's involved with design is it just blows my mind and I'm so obsessed with it. It's great. Has there been any, anything uh, in your time here that has surprised you or delighted you? Is, it, is, is there anything that... Oh my God, I was so nervous to start here <laughs> because I <laughs> I had just come from a, the creative group. I was working there full time, but just doing different placements at different agencies for like anywhere from two weeks to three months at a time. And so I was just like the new the new person at every single place, like virtually on zoom. So I just like pop in and be like, hello, I'm Miranda. And like, I was so sick of introducing myself all the time and being like, okay, what brands are you working on? What are those brands, brand guidelines and like all these things. And I just, I feel like when I um, first started here, I was like, oh crap. Like they really have their shit together. I really need to make sure that like, I don't know. I come across as like professional and know what I'm talking about, which I do, but I just, <laughs> I, only I just because... have like some kind of self-doubt complex problems. Cause like all you guys, when I first started, you guys were all like, Oh, do 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 ASP, SMB, MM, ENT, SCR, BDR, ACB. And I'm like, yeah. And ICP, I'm like insane clown pot. The acronym game in B2B SaaS it's crazy. is insane. Yeah, exactly. I was the same way. I, so, I would write down every day when I first started. Oh my here, God, I have I would two write giant down all the acronyms. Of, oh yeah. And then Google right them. There. Yes. I have a yes. notebook if it makes you feel better from when I started. I, you know those gigantic <laughs> post-it pads? Yes. Like the novelty ones? Oh, no, like the one, no. The oh ones yeah, that you can like, peel off the novelty. That you can peel like off. Yes, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Well, those are covering my entire fireplace <laughs> with marketing acronyms. Yeah. I'm learning. I, I feel like it. pretty soon I'll be able to take them down. But, yeah. you know, like um, CCR, I'm like, oh, I no love idea. that band. <laughs> <laughs> Customer churn rate. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was just a little intimidating at first. That's that's what I'll say. Yeah, but I think that you guys are awesome. I'm so I love this team so much. Yeah, we we all share that. We, there's a lot of love in this team. That's something I very much appreciate. Yeah, I feel it. Um, yeah, yeah. Great. I onboarded prior to the Smartsheet acquisition, and so mine was a little more contained. Uh, mm -hmm. But I did feel like a you know deer in the headlights with every because I had never worked <laughs> in this type of setting. Like I came from entertainment, and now I make you know marketing videos for a rising, a growing tech company, and everything yeah. was a, a change in awareness and all of the questions that you ask, like, how am I, cause I used to approach everything like, how many views is it going to get? <laughs> is it going to yeah. get a million views? And now it's more like, does it help, yeah. uh, communicate a message? It's does crazy it help how communicate like a your OKRs completely change, like between jobs too. Like before I'm like, exactly. Like you're wondering about like views and that kind of thing. And I'm wondering about like, Oh, is, is someone going to say this sucks? And like, send an email about it to everyone. Like that happened to me at agency stuff. Like Ugh. it's just, it's just a totally new experience. And even though it's like in-house, which I like, honestly, in the very beginning of my career, when I was at um, CPB and like a few agencies after that, um, 
I was like, this is what I need to be doing. Like, I love to have like the fast paced, um, timelines and all of these different clients to think about and bounce off of. And I just found it really refreshing to like take breaks from one and go into another, but it like, again, it was very hectic. And so when I came here, I was like, okay, I'm going to be going in-house and I don't know how that's going to like feel because I am used to working on a lot of things at once, but at brand folder, since it's so like quickly growing and it's a startup, it's very fast paced, just the same. And I guess the difference is instead of juggling a bunch of clients and feedback, you're just juggling a bunch of different projects that overlap with each other that you want to try to keep consistent across. And, you know, there's still just as many things to think about. It's just a different setting in a different way. Yeah. Are there any strategies that you uh, employ to keep things consistent or to keep brands consistent in, in brand folder work or previous design work that you've done? Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, being on brand, like I'm very strict about brand guidelines, just like as a person, um, it was kind of like pounded into my brain at CPB. Like this is the color breakdown. Like I could probably still like spew off the color breakdowns for RGB and CMYK for dominoes I worked on. Um, (laughs) it was like, I could like look at a, a print and like something on screen and be like, Oh, that's not the right color for either one of those. It's supposed to be this. And that just kind of like really put me in like a, like a tunnel vision. And I felt like that kind of got me away from creativity. And when I started at new places, I, that was my like way of thinking like, okay, I can't stray away from here because I'm not like a creative director. I'm not an art director yet. Like I need to just like stick within these brand guidelines and make something with that, but make sure that I don't break any rules. And so you know, it, it, it was a long process for me to kind of break away from that and trust myself that I'm not going to go completely off brand. Um, so I guess the thing that's most important, like to keep brands consistent, but still be able to push boundaries is like, as I get familiar with the brand, I also kind of get a sense of which elements of the brand are most crucial to it's like recognition, um, and memorability. Um, like at brand folder, the colors are more recognizable than like, let's see the background patterns or something that we've used. Um, so that, that kind of thing would tell me that I can step outside the box a little bit. Um, I could grab like a, or find like a new cool, like pattern or design one for like background abstract kind of look. Um, and then just like, alter it to be on brand by using our colors and it's still on brand. So it's just kind of like feeling out and, and like, I wouldn't use a different font. Cause like we have a very like set font that we use brand folder and it's a beautiful one. So I don't mind using it, but it's like things like that. Like you just kind of over time, as you get to know a brand, you get to know what pieces of the brand are most important for brand recognition and being out in the public and what people see or associate with those visual elements. So. I love that. I feel like that's such a, yeah, that's such like a, a poignant way to put it. Cause I think that when people get sort of up in arms over a brand redesign or, you know, like a rebrand, yeah. it's often because they're like, what I like, that was the part <laughs> that I liked the most. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Um, 
and brands are always trying to push boundaries and to expand their reach and expand their market and and, and re-energize their you know their clientele yeah and i think it's always very right. sensitive and i think that designers uh often face the brunt of the scrutiny if it doesn't go oh, yeah. right but i feel like if it does go right the designers aren't the ones who are credited. It's always like, welcome to my world. Yeah. Yes. You know, it, it does feel like exactly. a little bit thankless where you're like, wait a minute, I, that brand, that the new logo that you love, that was me. I came up with that. You know, like it was in the shower. Yeah. And I just thought. Yes. Um, oh my God. Speaking of that, I literally bought a deep, like a deep sea divers, like notepad for the shower specifically. So I can <laughs> oh write ideas down. So you can take some shower notes. And I've had that for years. Yes. That's amazing. It's the best thing ever. It's like a deep underwater, like super strong, like slate thing. Oh. It has like an attachable like pencil. And like, you can just write on this like slate and it like hangs in my shower. All right, everybody. It is time for our next segment. My personal favorite today in brands. So these are fun or interesting stories that come up uh, weekly, monthly that I feel like I see on social media or people arguing about, you know, oh, I saw this brand do this. So it's always fun <laughs> to see uh, what people are doing, especially in this day and age. And I feel like there's such a big turnover of that. So these are two fun ones um, because one of the companies is actually based here in Colorado, just like we are. So uh, I think you'll like both of them. But first one is Charlotte's Web, a CBD company. So they put a vending machine on top of a area in Utah. So it's Castledown Tower. And it's providing hep-infused balm after people climb, athletes, you get achy. And I think it's an interesting take because it reminds me of the the other area in Utah this summer where they had those huge pillars. They don't know how they got there. People, oh, yeah, right, right. the big shiny objects. The yes, monolith. Yeah. monolith. And I'm like, how did that get there? And then they're gone. But I'm wondering your thoughts on this kind of like new step in branding, Miranda, because I feel like people are always pushing the envelope. And I'm curious because there's such a, there's actually a huge divide. I went through last night, actually a post on this of people just like back and forth, like one side or the oh, other. Yes. Interesting. So I'm curious what you think I about this. I guess I can see like both ways. I think it's absolutely brilliant. I love just things like this that are just so out of the box and you really do mm -hmm. need to stand out in order to get any kind of attention. And I, I read about it a bit. I actually used to work with the brains behind that campaign at CPB on Domino's. He was my Ooh. creative director. So what up, Andrew Lincoln? <laughs> um, <laughs> I love it. Awesome. I learned a lot from him. Uh, I think that that campaign is just absolutely brilliant. So just for clarity, it's yeah. at the top of a popular hiking or climbing yes. tower. It's yes. like a 400 foot yeah. tower, so it's like, castle tower. These are awesome athletes that get up this 400 yes. foot tower. And then there's a vending machine that gives you soothing hemp yes, infused after they, balm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the cool thing yes. about it is it's an instant story to everyone that does it. Yes. Every exactly. Single and gonna, word of mouth. Hello. Yeah. Yes. Word of mouth is the most by far um, successful form of advertising. Like you don't need yes, anything else but that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like so, people are going to tell that story on yeah. a moth stage. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. 
Then I got this balm out of nowhere. Yeah. It just was there. Was, yes. Oh, yeah. It's like I signed <laughs> up on the top and there was a vending machine. But I yeah. didn't have to pay for it. I just had to make it there. Like, yeah. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, it's the reward. It. The reward is sort of... I in, like that, The struggle yeah. is rewarded by this beautiful company. Um, yeah, and I love their brand in general. It's just beautifully done. Now, where yeah, are they on the spectrum design. of dank we, <laughs> we design or... Wellness and natural therapy. Um, more towards the latter. Wellness and natural Definitely. therapy. Okay, yeah, cool. I like that. It's like uh, it's funny because that would be more parent approved. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Not for mine, but yes. Right. Oh. <laughs> someday. Someday. Oh, uh, awesome! What 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 else do we have? So Van Lewin Ice Cream. They teamed up with Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. Uh, to create an ice cream flavor of mac and cheese. So I've, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm from the Midwest, just like you, Miranda. I love cheese, all that kind of Thanks. stuff. But this is, I kind of draw, not kind of, I draw the line here because I've also seen cheese implemented into flavoring like this, but then also dill pickle. And I'm, I don't know. I can't, I don't know if I want to try it. What, what's your take on this? I think it's hilarious and like genius branding, but I'm also like, who's going to actually buy this product? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sounds barfy to me. <laughs> I, I would definitely try it. Like I'll try anything once, you know, except for, right. you know, a couple things, but yeah. right. Maybe uh, we can have a taste testing in the like, yeah. Who and, wants to sponsor right. my ice taste testing side hustle? I'm here for that. Oh, I like that. That's that's a good yeah, one. I don't yeah. want to buy that ice cream cone and be disappointed, but someone else can buy it for me. See, this yeah. is the thing with flavors like this. Cause I don't, I'm a pretty much like, uh, free. you can predict which flavor I'm going to get at any ice cream shop that I go in at any point in my life. Vanilla chocolate. It's usually either a chocolate or a coffee Knew or, it. A, yeah. or a vanilla or so, just like the classics, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, you want to be satisfied. Uh, if I walked in and I saw mac and cheese, I'd be like, ha ha. Someone get that. Not so I can try that. <laughs> Someone else pay for this. You know, I'd want some like more eccentric friend of mine to be like, yeah, I'll, I'll grab that and then be disappointed. Yeah, right. By, right. By like yeah. a third bite. Let me try I, a bite. I feel like the first exactly. bite would be everybody be like, oh, it's pretty good. Yeah. Right? It's not bad. It's, it's okay. pretty gross. I hate it. I'm not going to finish <laughs> it. Does anybody want to I need to know it? what people are saying about it. What are people saying about it? Um, I didn't have a ton of comments, but there was one person that said, like what you just said, Nick, is they took a few bites and it was okay at first, but it's, I mean, if you buy a pint of this, it's like, I'm, I'm not a quitter. So if I buy a pint of something, I'm going to finish it, but that would Ooh. take me probably like five months. Yeah. Or I'd just it be freezer burn it someone. It's just rough. I know, you're freezer burned. Yeah. You're taking two products that are already known for being indulgent and exactly. delicious and going like, why don't we have one product? And I feel like that rarely <laughs> goes well. That's like pizza yeah. bagels or something. Like, does anybody really want a pizza bagel? I don't know. I Because kinda... pizzas are great and bagels are great, but they're not. I'm going to. This is my hot take. Of All the, right. Of I, the day. Okay. Hot take. Yeah. Hot take. I can see it. Yeah. I just feel like when you take two things that are so, like, they're kind of untouchable, right? You can't yeah. touch Cancel mac out. and cheese. No, you Every, can't. Like, if a restaurant does an interesting bag of cheese, you're always like, interesting. Not as good as just mac and cheese. Right. Yes. Yeah. I would not, I never order mac and cheese from a restaurant because I know how mac and cheese is, you know, the little shapes. Those yeah. are the best because they grab <laughs> the cheese. 
I make it at home and it's an amazing treat. And I don't ever order that in a restaurant because I'm like, mm, yeah, they can get a little really too, they can get a little too dainty with it or a little yeah. too innovative yeah, like, with if it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I agree. Yes. You know? I mean, I like the attempts, but it just feels like a blatant attempt to slap a logo on a, another logo. Or, you know, like it's like, ha we yeah. made collab, bro. That's true. <laughs> the ultimate yeah. collab, yeah. Um, like gimmicky. Yeah, it's a little gimmicky. And I, I don't know, it just feels like at, does anybody here have, can you think of a collab like that that stood the test of time? Or oh, that, man. Or that lasted longer than like that hot minute of like, a uh, quick little. Uh-uh, Twitter, I only have like bad examples. Twitter moment, right? Just like a quick. Well, and like I feel the like Crocs and Balenciaga. Yeah, the Crocs. Oh Coletto. yes, yeah. I, I those feel don't like if I had together. those shoes, I would go eat some mac and cheese ice cream. <laughs> while it's that guy, yeah, that can buy Balenciaga Crocs. It's like I don't care. I can buy ice cream the rest of my life. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like if it's two good things, sometimes they cancel out and like, yeah, just let it be what it is. Maybe come up with something that pairs well with it, not yeah. completely blend it with you. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe set up some sort of deal where you get uh, 10% off your Van Leeuwen vanilla ice cream if you buy <laughs> some mac and cheese and then have a yeah. dairy-filled night. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we have just a couple questions just to conclude. What did you want to be when you grew up, when you were a little girl? Artist. Nice. First and foremost. Awesome. But I also had a lot of other phases. Like I got really into like dinosaurs. I love dinosaurs. I had yes. five dinosaur birthday parties. So I wanted to be a paleontologist. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be an astronaut. Um I wanted to be a marine biologist, but honestly, who didn't? I feel like that was on everyone's like career yeah. phase yeah. list at one oh, point Jacques or another. Cousteau like, was a creative. huge influence on me. Yeah. I was like, Jack, oh, yeah. what? Yeah, definitely <laughs> yeah. marine biology. Yeah. Um, but through it all, I just wanted to be make creative stuff. I just want to be an artist, so I'm lucky for that one. That's awesome. If somehow our office were to have a show and tell, uh, what do you think would be the first thing that comes to your mind that you would bring? Oh, definitely my VHS tape yes. of my debut as an infant on America's Funny Some Videos. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. What? Bob what Saget was the video? The yeah, I was on there. I was a preemie baby, so I was very tiny. And it's really not that funny. Like, as soon as I explain it, it's like, oh, like, it's like, it's so much cooler to just be like, I was on America's Find Some Videos and Bob Saget was the host. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but what did I do? Um, I had a sneezing fit. Oh, nice. And I was oh, that's cute. Real. Yeah. Um, and last but not least, is there a piece of advice that if you were to give your younger self, like your college age self or your, uh, you know, entry level designer self, given your experience and your perspective now, what what would it be? Be confident, even when you're deep down, not at all. Um, trust yourself. Um, trust that you're going to make things work out because you have to, and you have, and you always have. And just keep working really hard and staying determined and ambitious and don't get complacent. I love that. That's awesome. 
That's all we got. Yeah. Miranda Miller, senior creative designer for Brandfolders Marketing Team. Thank you for joining us. Thank I you, hope Miranda. You had a, I hope you had a fun Thank time. Thank you for having me. This is so fun. Yeah. Let's do it again. You're listening to a Brandfolder podcast where we like to say strong brands live here. So join us as we build the Brand Collective, a podcast for anyone curious about the people behind the brands that we all love. We're available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe.